This episode is brought to you by Scott Keogh Horsemanship, offering a wide range of services from horse breaking and training to clinics and private lessons, tested, tried and true horsemanship coaching and advice, clear and easy to understand horsemanship advice, a common sense approach with no showmanship or gimmicks. Go to www.skhorsemanship.com for more information, products and a range of Scott's DVDs. Sport Horse 505 due to come out any day. Follow Scott on Instagram and Facebook. Hey folks, Scotty Keogh here from The Saddle. Uh, today we've just got an amazing uh, character to talk to in a minute. When it comes to the sport of camp drafting, if, if you don't know much about it, it's like this. This man coming up next, he's the Don Bradman, the Wally Lewis of camp drafting, the guy that is has been the guy to beat for 40, 50 years in a row now. There is only one, and his name is Terry Hall. How are you, Terry? How you going, Scotty? Good, mate. I really appreciate your time today, Terry. What have you been up to today? Oh, well, just breeding horses. That's all we do here this time of the year. And, um, just waiting on a truckload of cattle to turn up. Yeah, right. Well, you're keeping busy, mate. That's it, yeah. Right. Uh, well, look, Terry, uh, the one thing uh, I always say is, is no one gets to start at the finish I'd love to hear about your early days, how you grew up, your first introduction into horses. How did you get started? Oh, well, we've been always tangled up in horses. My father had, he was a drover and uh, he had horses and he started breeding them back in the 50s and that. And we just come along and uh, he was a drover and bred the horses that he worked. And it's just carried on from there. Yeah, right. So your father was Artie Hall, mate. Have you got any siblings? Uh, i got a sister. Yep. She lives down in Weewa. She's a couple of years older than me. But, um, no, she never done much with the horses. It was just my father and I with all the horses. And um, I started driving when I was 13, and all the horses that we ever had were Horses that we bred, then we started picking up mares that were breeds that we wanted in our horses, and uh, that's just how it all started, and and we just kept it going all these years. So, mate, there wasn't too much time at the local school, at the Wee War School? No, well, I didn't have much time for school. Yeah, right. We tell everyone I went there one day and it rained all day, so I didn't bother going back. <laughs> they didn't have an indoor classroom back then? No. <laughs> yeah, right. So, mate, how old were you when you entered your first draft? Nine. Nine-year-old? Yeah. Okay. And look, looking back, did your dad have pretty handy ponies for you to ride or was it a struggle riding the whatever road no. pony you had around? We just used the horses that we bred and um, worked all the time. As I got older, I won my first open draft when I was 13 and uh, I just carried on from there. I used to ride a lot of different horses for different people, but my own horses were our main ones and uh, just carried on from all these years. Um, everything we bred, we uh, won drafts on and kept breeding with them all. Right up till now. Right, mate. So who would you say were your early mentors other than your dad? Uh, my father, then uh, Mel Bates. If 
from Gunnada. He was a driver and a rough rider, a very good horseman, and Stumpy Timmons. I learned a lot of, off both of those in the camp drafting and the rough riding when I started to rough ride. It's always been a, uh, a way of life with us, just uh, horses and cattle and rodeos just fitted in when we had a few slack days off driving and we went to a few drafts and stuff. So how old were you when you started entering a bronc ride, Terry? Oh, I think... I first started bronc riding when I was about 18. I was breaking in a lot of horses on a station down in New South and I thought, well, I was sitting around waiting for a final of the open draft. Uh, I used to draft, say, Friday, then the open draft uh, finals weren't till Saturday lunchtime. I thought, well, I'm riding horses when I was breaking in. I just will have a bronc ride to fill in the day. And I just went on from there. Yeah, right. So who were the guys to beat back then in the Bronx ride? Oh, Mick Ward. Yep. Mick Ward was the main one. And um, McLennan, Wayne McLennan, Jeff Stambra, another bloke called Charlie Smith. A few gone now but not forgotten. Yeah, they were the main fellas. There was a few others about that uh, we used to run into now and again. And that was all in the poly saddle, mate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rode in the poly saddles mostly and I rode in the international saddles after a few years and had a bit of success in them, but I had a different style of riding to ride in those. Yeah. Uh, with poly saddle was our main go, yeah. But you'd enter the bulldog and a bit of roping and that too, wouldn't you? Yep. Yep. Just a rope and dog. I liked that dogging pretty well because we used to, um, when we were contract mustering and that, you had to catch a lot of cattle and, yeah, we used to throw a lot of bulls and cows and stuff like that. We used to bulldog those. So I used to do it at the radio too, just to keep our hand in. You picked up Bronx a fair bit, didn't you, Terry? You even ended up over in Calgary one year, didn't you? Yeah, I went over there a couple of times. Went to Calgary once and Denver another time, but um, I didn't get to rough ride over there. We went over in case uh, we were sort of a reserve, but uh, we ended up we were mostly picking up over there. That was another go we used to use our horses for picking up and hazing and bulldog. And, a lot of cowboys used my horses. They were pretty quick out of the boxes and stuff. Yeah, I went over there a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, getting back to Artie, um, like before my time, obviously, what could he do with a horse that separated him? Like what's something you, you remember your dad could do? Oh, we used to. Um, they talk about the Americans now, but back in those days, if you – we had a lot of horses, uh, like our wagonette horses and half-drafts and stuff like that, that uh, we used to pull sulkies and wagonettes and all that type of thing. We used to use them to cut out bullocks. And um, nowadays people talk about horses cheating and all that. Well, back in those days, my father used to show me when I was real small about horses that wanted to run forward all the time was to turn tail on them, 
um, turn tail, a couple of turns, and a horse would stand back then and watch cattle. Yeah. And I showed this at a few schools that I'd done earlier in the piece and um, people say, oh, Americans do all that. I said, well, we learned all this here. You know, it was a, a way to keep horses back away from the cattle when you were cutting out. Yep. And that was the one main thing he used to show us, keep your reins short and your hands down. Okay. And uh, that's how we keep going now. We try and teach everyone that. Yeah, right. Mate, um, you've had a lot of great horses over the years. I tried to ask Christine to narrow it down. And I asked Wayne McLennan what was the best horse and rider combination he ever saw, and he says Terry Hall on Tex. Can you tell me about Tex? Yeah, well, Tex was a gelding. Mel Bates actually bred him. Mel got him for us out of the common at Kalewis, and uh, Mel broke him in. He had him for about three days, and then I took over, and then I got him going, and Oh, between myself and my father, uh, we won a lot of drafts on him. I think he won a hundred and three drafts up until he died. He got a busted intestines and eventually died over a couple of days. And uh, but he was one of our main horses. We've had a lot of lot of horses. Um, very successful with a lot of horses, but he was one that stood out. And now we got Con Man. Well, he's retired too, just he's only here to collect semen and send it away, but um, and his mother, Romance. Yep. We had a few others in amongst them, and Roulette was another very good, he was a good stallion that I rode for people for a lot of years and won a lot on him, but they're all the one breed, reality, and um, sort of went down to Romeo. Then there was thoroughbred thrown in there as well. And later years, we turned our breed to um, freckle oak horses at Quadros. Everyone frowned on us for doing that because we were mainly stock horses. But I noticed all the people that were frowning on us back in those days are all riding quarter horses nowadays. Yeah, come to buy one off you. Yeah. Okay, so I know it's hard to compare eras, and, and you can't really compare eras, but how does Con Man compare to, say, Rex or Lucky Strike? Like, How, how do they compare? They're all very good horses, but all so much difference. Um, Con Man's a, a horse that done a lot of thinking for himself, he made it very easy for us to draft because he was a, a real thinker himself. Lucky Strike was a very fast horse, very quick. Rex, he was probably quick but very rough. If you had to gather a few points in the draft, you took something a bit rougher in the it was in the yard, a bit rougher cattle, and he could rough them up and make it look pretty easy. But um, all... Very different, but were very successful horses. So, look, I can remember being like a 10-year-old kid, you know, running around the showgrounds with your kids. You were the guy to beat then. You, you would have had half a dozen most successful rider titles by then. Yeah. What, what makes you want to keep going to a draft, Terry? 
Well, it's mainly um, you want to show your horses off. Yeah. Um, especially with the stallion, it was now he's retired. It doesn't matter so much, but it was mainly just to show the horses off. And like the kids used to ride our horses and it showed people that the horses were easy to get along with and everything. But that was the main thing just to, oh, like we loved campcraft and too and if I had time to go to them, I used to go. Been driving all my life, it made it a bit tough at times to get away but it was a family show and the kids were very keen and, and the old lady, she was always there so makes it pretty easy when the whole family wants to go to a draft, I'll tell you that much now. Yeah, yeah, we'll go in the one direction. So um, I know it's hard to compare eras, but who's a horse and rider combination that you always thought a lot of or the hardest guy to beat or, or a mare you wished you owned? Can you throw a name out there? Oh, well, there was only really um, Brucey McNaughton. He had... All pretty good horses. He used to draft a little different the way we drafted, but we admired how he used to go about it. He'd tell you himself he wants a horse to do what he wants to do, but I've been fortunate enough to ride some of his horses and they'll go both ways. They'll go the way I want them or the way he wants to go. Yep. He had a very good creamy mare, Stardust. She was probably as good as we've seen about. Like I said, we, I was fortunate enough to ride her as well. So um, we haven't touched much on your life as a drover. I remember reading once, I think it was an article, maybe Christine wrote it. She said, well, we're drovers first and camp drafters second. Would you go with that? That's right. And uh, for, for the people that haven't been droving, Terry, can you give us an insight into one of the toughest trips you've ever done? Uh, they're all pretty good. It's just when it got very dry, it, it was pretty tough on everything, you know, trying to get water and trying to get good feed for the cattle and your horses. You had to really look after your horses because they were doing all the riding. When we used to bring the cattle down from up in the Gulf, two and a half thousand head of cattle, two and a half thousand K, in seven to eight months, and uh, you're sort of getting all types of um, country to come through and just to keep the feed and water up to everything. Yeah, horses, uh, you have to really look after your horses because like, they're doing all the work. We never had bikes or anything like that. It was always horses. We never thought any particular job was any tougher than another. It was just some of them were long, and in the summertime, like, it put a bit of strain on everything because of water. If I had it all over again, I'd still do it. Yep. So did did you ever leave the industry, mate? Did you ever take a job in the hardware or, or work for a plumber or anything? Has it always just been horses and cattle? That's all, yep. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, Terry, I, I guess... I'd be fair in saying that camp drafting has just changed since you started. I mean, now the entries are just through the roof and so, so popular and it brings in the weekend warrior, the guy that just works in town and he truly loves the sport. 
What advice have you got for that guy that, you know, he doesn't own a bison, he doesn't own a mechanical cow, he can't go mustering, but he wants to enjoy his sport. What advice would you give to that new guy coming in? Well, uh, we give advice to people like that all the time, but the thing, I take my hat off to those sort of people because we work cattle and horses seven twenty-four hour days, you know, and um, those fellas see nothing. They've got to ask questions and really take notice what's going on. They think it's a pretty easy business. It's a, a good um, sport, but they've got to be very careful in what they're doing and they need to ask a lot more questions and go to a lot more schools and pick it up like that because, well, everyone knows now there's not much stock work around and uh, they've got to buy horses that really suit them. A lot of them try and buy a horse that's um, winning things, but they've got to be able to work with that horse. So there's no use having a horse going very well and they're not going so good. So they've got to buy the, a learner horse and a learner rider. Yep. It's too dangerous the other way, buying an experienced horse and an unexperienced rider. No, I get it. You know, it, it's hard, and I think I think a lot of people just love. I think they love going there, camping, uh, having a drink. I, I think that's all part and parcel of it. But yeah, but if you they could be safer and more competitive, that that that'd be an added benefit. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it that's the thing about it. It's very good, and it's very good for their family. But we all started at the bottom and climbed our way up. And there's a lot of these people trying to go trying to get to the top too quick. Yep. Back when we started, the cattle were educated. Um, nowadays, the cattle are not educated, so that makes them a bit difficult to draft and you really got to watch what you're doing or you can get a fall very quick. People have got to put in more time asking questions and, and really learning uh, the ins and outs of the uh, camp drafting. And... Um Would you say it's just getting harder and harder to win, Terry? Well, it is harder because the cattle are so difficult. Uh, It's the luck of the draw. Back in the 60s, we used to go to Warwick, late 60s, go to Warwick. Uh, There was only um, 130 in it. Now you go to Warwick and, what is it, bloody 800, close to 900 in it. So it makes a... A bigger show, which is very good for everyone because they can see everyone from all over the country in different styles of drafting and everyone's got their own style. But um, when it's all boiled down, they've got to ride very carefully to compete well. Did you have to evolve or change, Terry? Like, I mean, is the same training method that got Conman to where he is, is that how you train Tex and Romance and Rex? Did you evolve anywhere, do you think, and change? I don't think we changed any. We always um, wanted our horse to be um, soft and keep off cattle. I think that's how we used to um, train them all. We're a bit fortunate we have driven all the time and uh, walking cattle and and uh, nothing was rushed. Everything was a um, casual 
uh, what they're getting the hook going, where now people are uh, just to cancer circles and all that, well, that's a, a pretty boring thing for a horse and a rider, I think, and that's the only difference in the way things go nowadays. We had plenty of work for our horses. You know, you ride along 50 or 60K a day, uh, keeping the mob together, and and you were actually training the horse, but he didn't really realise what you were doing with him without any pressure. Without annoying him. Yeah. So tell me, I always like to ask this question. You've spent a lifetime in the bush. If there was a man that you would back not to get thrown off any horse in, in a work saddle, poly saddle, who would you back, undoubtedly? Oh, well, I'd probably have to go with McLennan. Is that right, Wayne McLennan? Yeah. There we go. Righto. Who's the best horse breaker you've ever seen handle tough horses? Well, <laughs> that's a bit difficult now because horses are bred different. Yep. Back in the... Early days, they were pretty old, pretty big horses, old horses. See, we used to break a lot of uh, six- and eight-year-old horses. Nowadays, well, um, with all the horses being two-year-olds and that, um, Will Durkin breaks all our horses in, and I think he's as good as what I've seen. Yeah. I'll stick with him in or Stick with Will Durkin, good one. What about... Um Ben, right? Are your son Ben? I mean, all your family are good drafters. Jane, your wife Christine, uh, but Ben's probably you know he's the, the Jonathan Thurston of, of camp drafting. You know, yeah. I knew him from probably when I was let's say ten year old, and even then he wasn't really playing silly buggers around the drafts like we were. He was turning back them cattle all day. Yeah. Did you see something in him right from the start, or did you think he might have went off and rode a Skateboard or a bull or no, we always thought they'd both stick with the camp draft and both Jane and Ben. But um, Jane, she had to go and do other work. She did a bit of droving too. But um, Ben done a fair bit of droving. But all the time when they were little, they were in the showgrounds, uh, in the show ring, turning the cattle back and all that and. And we used to be on to them all the time, you know, to look after the horse and look after the cattle. And that's all they wanted to do. So we just um, we encouraged them to to do everything, make sure they did the right thing, you know. Yep. And uh, it's all paid off. They had plenty of mates and that to play with at, show, at the rodeos and stuff, but they chose to go and work their horses. As they got older, they used to take our younger horses into the ring, and which was very good for the horses, very good for the kids and, and ourselves as well. So what about a uh, young bloke comes into your driving camp tomorrow and what's a job? What do you expect out of him? Oh, well, we get plenty of that and we just, the same old deal, we just tell them that, yeah, they've got to look after the horses and, and the cattle. If they want to know any, ask questions, we'll show them. And we get a lot of school kids coming holidays and uh, showing them how to uh, work the horses and how to um, draft. All they want to do is chase them, so you've got to teach them to do it 
corrected from the word go. If they don't uh, don't listen, well, you won't let them chase another beast, you know. Yeah, well, it'd be a long list of people that have done a stint with Terry Hall and left there a bit wiser for for the experience too. I'd say. Yeah, no, we've had a lot of very good people, and you see them nowadays, you know, with their families, and and they're still going well, and and then they come and um, even. Those blokes are still asking questions, and their and their kids are still asking questions, which yep. is very good. We like that sort of thing. It's a, a very good like family thing, so it's good to good to see them all still asking questions and uh, trying to improve themselves and improve their horses. Well, uh, I think that speaks volumes of, of you, Terry, uh, how much they respect you and Christine. And um, I really appreciate you setting some time today. I know you're a busy man. And uh, for um, just giving us a glimpse on uh, on the life of uh, Terry Hall on the From the Saddle podcast. So uh, I thank you very much for your time today, Terry. Right, uh, thanks, Scotty, and we'll catch you again another day. Cheers, mate. See ya. Bye. From the Saddle is brought to you by Hewitt Consulting and Communications. Specialising in rural business and marketing design, find them on Facebook and Instagram.